What's up, everybody? We've got ACC baseball right around the corner. Going to give you our favorite picks and predictions. We're also going to talk a little bit about the NBA draft, a little big board action. Shout out to our man, Rafael Barlow. Listen, is NC State in a lot of trouble? Because I want to know if Darion Sebron and, and Terquavion Smith do not come back, what will it mean for the pack? More importantly, how could so many people say Terquavion and my guy Darion Sebron were good and they stunk so bad this season? We've got Ken Gibbs on the show to have that conversation today. <laughs> On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. Finally, we've got a decent mic. We have a good camera. We are ready to rock and roll. I'm so sorry for all the last week's craziness. New location, new vibes, but we're making it work. We make it do what it do. I'm so appreciative of all the folks who pained through those 30 minutes and all the choppiness. I heard you. I heard it myself. I wish I could have re-recorded all those episodes, but money is time and time is money as we know. Kenton Gibbs is joining the show from Locked On Wolfpack per usual on this Monday episode. Kenton, how are you feeling? You know, I'm great as always. I, I can't really complain. Every day uh, standing up vertical and, and above six feet is good for me. So, you know, I, I can't complain. Everything is everything. Do you notice anything different about me? Um, Your hair? Gosh, I, you know, usually men are first to compliment, you know, something about new about a woman. But, you know, just pro tip next time. Oh, okay. Noted. Noted. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that into uh, account from now on with my old lady. I, I got to make sure I see your hair before anything else. A thousand and three percent. All right, guys, we have a lot to go over on today's show. But first up, we don't want to leave out one of our favorite sports here. Baseball is in full swing. See what I did there? All right, we are going to have a Tuesday kickoff. So tomorrow you're going to see your favorite ACC teams in action. And Virginia Tech sitting at the top spot. But after all of this pool play, it'll be interesting to see who comes down as the winners. So Tuesday kicks off with Pitt and Georgia Tech at the 11 a.m. slot, followed by NC State and Wake Forest at 3 p.m. And then you've got Clemson and North Carolina on 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So out of all those games, there's going to be a long one. Like, first of all, can we just start? I love baseball like the next person. I enjoy a good game, a good hot dog, all of that. Shout out to the Durham Bulls for the great experience. But those games be long as hell. I ain't going to hold nobody. Those be the longest games in the world. You know, they, they've done uh, – Major League Baseball has done a lot to speed up the pace of play. So has the NCAA in certain regards. But baseball is just one of those sports. It's going to take some time. It's, yeah. There's a lot of time between action, and even when there is action, I mean, it's not what most people are used to seeing. So, you know, I get it. A thousand and three percent. And as I mentioned, baseball, you've got Virginia Tech sitting at the number one spot, but there are a lot of people vying for the opportunity to get this ACC championship. We saw Duke last season win ACCs and, you know, there's maybe been a bright spot. We also know that NC State is always in the conversation when it comes to baseball and possibly winning the ACC and going on to do big things in the College World Series. So we can start with being a homer here for NC State. How are you feeling about their odds in terms of maybe being an ACC underdog and ultimate favorite? Uh, I don't know about a favorite, but they yeah. are they are going to be an underdog this year. Uh, there's been a ton of struggling as far as the fielding has gone. 
uh, for this NC State team, which is uncharacteristic of an Elliott Avon coach team. I get it. They're young. There's a lot of transfers and all that. But at this point in the season, you have no more excuse. Even your youngest of guys have played um, a, a ton of baseball this season. So they've, they've got to pick it up. I mean, they've got to clean up their fielding. The, the errors will be the death of this team. There are, are some series that they've won where they've committed some erroneous errors, but they were just playing the team that was bad enough to where they could still win. So, you know, that I wouldn't consider them a favorite at all here. Uh, if you are, stop living in the past. This ain't last year's team, okay? This, this just ain't that. So we don't have to worry about a COVID issue where the team might get a chance to go into play Mississippi State and then things just go left. When worry about to- yourself. Okay. Worry about yourself. Just- it sounds like you got some sniffles going on over there. Worry about yourself, lady. I was just trying to make it go. Shout out to the pollen out here in North Carolina who was holding your girl down. Now, how the pools are broken down, Virginia Tech, who earned the number one seed, will play in the same pool as North Carolina and Clemson. All right, that's pool A. Then you've got pool B, which is Louisville, the number two seed, playing with Georgia Tech and Pitt. The number three seed in Miami will be Pool C, joined by Wake Forest, NC State, while Pool D features Notre Dame, Virginia, and Florida State. Clearly, Pool D might be the hardest just based on rankings, where you have number four, Notre Dame, number five, Virginia, and number nine, Florida State. I think that will probably give you the most excitement. But, you know, again, leave it to some really te- really good teams trying to vie for their spot and opportunity to be in some great matches. Ultimately, I'm just excited to see some good baseball. I have I'm no dog in the fight for real because again, like I say, I watch baseball but very much a casual fan here, but there's a lot of, you know, future pros I'm sure that are trying to give their opportunity and spot in that regard. Now, when it comes to conversations about people trying to make their way to the top, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the NBA draft cuz 30 days away, The NBA draft will be in full effect, and you will see some of the top ACC guys taking their talents to the next level. Now, when you think about the team that made it the furthest, UNC, they had no guys who are going to be in consideration for this year's NBA draft. They all decided to return, quote-unquote, run it back, have that redemption year. So before we get into the NBA draft, let's talk about UNC and running it back and redemption. I personally don't see – I personally don't think people understand how hard it is to one, run the game at the NCAA tournament, but two, try and do it twice. What are your thoughts there on UNC's decision to have guys not go into this year's NBA draft? Was it the birds talking to them saying, hey, yeah, you got no shot at NBA, go ahead and get that college experience? Or do you feel like, hey, there might actually be a possibility to win NCAA championship? I mean, I don't think that the uh, NCAA championship possibility is a non-factor. I think that these players want to win a championship. But also, I think that the vast majority would have been served better by coming back. Um, the only player that I think, like, him coming back is kind of an admission that he knows, you know, there isn't much of a future for me in the NBA is Armando Baycott. Um, you've been there for forever and a day, big time. Go on and go get paid now. Like, you're, you're at he's in the He's in the movie. What you, he be in the TV show on Netflix, Outer Banks. He getting bread. Yeah, but you're you're at that point where and and this is this is what I mean when I tell people all the time that as much as folks hate NIL, it's helping these players stay at their universities longer because they know I stand to make more money as a college athlete than I do going out to the league early under underdeveloped raw. I could potentially 
be uh, playing for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants next year in the G League. I might not be. I might be somewhere in Istanbul or something like that, somewhere overseas hooping. Like, there is so much that is to be gained by uh, the NIL deals doing what they do, and I, I think that we're seeing that a lot uh, with a lot of these players. I mean, let's be honest. Let's just be honest with ourselves now. The guys who know that they stand to make some real money, nobody has enough to bring them back. Nobody has enough to bring Mark Williams back. Nobody. Nobody has enough to bring Paolo Bancaro back. Nobody. You know, and this ain't even a Duke UNC thing. Those are just two guys that are going to be off the board within the first 15 names, maybe, maybe earlier than that. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, these guys deciding to come back, more power to them. Uh, I will never, ever root for the boys in baby blue, but more power to them. What what, they're going to be out of the baby blue. So then you can root for them. Like what kind of sense is that? Nope. Still not doing it. Still not doing it. Even in the NBA, (laughs) still not doing it. Not doing it. They, they haven't done my Pistons any type of good. So Lord, well, I love brownies, but you know what? I love more brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein while you're at it. You're in luck because built has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. Yes, you heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried the Built Built Puffs yet? I'm I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are 100% covered in real chocolate. They are a marshmallow protein bar. With 140 calories, 17 grams, and only 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the best pick-me-up for any day. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself because this is real life. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and you get 15% off your order. Again, 15% off at Built.com. So we're rocking and rolling here with Kenton Gibbs, and we are making sure that you guys are locked and loaded and ready for this year's NBA draft. You're ready for some baseball action. You're ready for the return of some guys, but this big board. Let's talk about the top 100. Thanks to our friends at NBADraft.net. We've got some Duke players, and I also want to have a conversation about a couple NC State guys that went a little under the radar given the team's schedule this past, or this team's outcome really results from this past season. And, you know, they're still finding themselves head scratching as I don't know how they could be, have had such a bad season with such talented guys. But let's talk about Duke first. Paolo Bencaro, arguably the number three pick here for the NBA draft. I don't know how we're feeling about this because he's above him is Jaden Ivey and Jabari Smith. Did Paolo do enough or not enough during his Duke season to get the number three slot when he gets his name called in about a month here? Um, I, I think he's done enough. I, I think he has. <laughs> I think that he has a the body of a prototypical four in uh, today's NBA. So I, I think that there's definitely something to be said there, something to be had as far as uh, him – you know, showing up and being super explosive, being a guy that's very bouncy. Um, he's he's a lot of what modern fours are today. He's a big body, 250 pounds, 6'10", and he can get up and down the floor. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can do a little something out of the post. So I think that the key for him is refining. Um, I think that the key for him is to refine and find go-to moves for him. Like in college, you can get away with, Oh, yeah, I'm just more athletic than all these guys and whatever the case may be. In the NBA, everybody's a super athlete. 
at that point in time, you need go-to moves that you have committed to memory that you know, this is my bread and butter all day. And, and off that, I got a couple counters that will also work. Well, I'm just a little bit wondering how people think about his cramping situation because we all know he was one who had to have dang near Pedialyte in an IV every time he suited up and he would have cramps. He would have losing about seven pounds, you know, per game, which I wish, you know, no tea, no shade. I'm ready for that playing myself, but I wonder if there's any concerns around that in terms of how he'll survive a hard 82 game NBA schedule. I mean, there, there has to be, there has to be some concern about that, which is why I think that he uh, slipped behind uh, some of the guys that he's behind, right? Be it if you think it's Chet Holmgren and Jay Ivey or be it if you think it's Jabari Smith, whoever you've got him behind, I mean, for the most part, that has to be one of the reasons, right? So I, I think that that concern is being weighed, but I think that what he brings on the court outweighs it. 100%. Now, next new guy I want to touch on here, of course, we've got my man A.J. Griffin, who was silent assassin. You know, he didn't do too much, but when he came in, he made a difference. Either he was going to make a big difference and score like 27 points or night, or he was going to do all right and score like five. Either way it goes, you knew when he was in the game. Just want to talk about him and your thoughts around A.J. Griffin, maybe being the most pro-ready player for that former Duke roster. The more I watch of AJ Griffin, the more I say he's pro ready. He's so pro ready. He's a three and D guy off the bat that I think can develop into more. He is a big body, six, six, 220 pounds. He's built like a tight end really, but he's, he's just, he's just a guy that you look at him and you think his game is going to be a certain thing. And then he comes out and strikes for 40% from deep. Which, to me, I think in today's game, if you are a good team that's on the precipice of being great, or if you are a good team that has a, a guy who's the main thing that he does well is drive the ball, he, Griffin's a guy that you got to look at. He's a guy that you got to think about because you're looking at a really good defender who's going to shoot the ball well, who his offense is not predicated on him having the ball in his hands a ton. You've got to, you know, if you're a team that's that's got some pieces, but you're just not quite there yet, and you're looking for players who can be great glue guys, he could be one of them. Honestly, I think I could see him with Milwaukee. Milwaukee, because if you think about them needing consistent shooters, I think that's one of the things that Chris Middleton, of course, his absence was very much felt. And so having someone who could shoot the three and defend well would have been very clutch for that team. Oh, 100%. 100%. And – I mean, let's be honest. He looks like a, a stellar athlete, and he is. Yeah. He, he may not be the fastest guy in the world, but he is wildly explosive. So, I mean, it, it's he's a guy that he's going to give you some really, really good things right away. And I think yeah. that the knock on him is many people believe that he doesn't have the same upside if he's rolling as some of these other guys, which, honestly, I don't know where they're getting that from because, I mean, I see him as at at his ceiling, at his ceiling. A rich man's Draymond Green, and please, wait, wait, wait. no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that man that like that. Draymond, Dr- I, I am, I am probably the, that's probably my least favorite player in the entire National Basketball. I'm not. Now nah, wait a minute. I'm he not saying just who he is as a have person. Steph not- Curry and Clay Thompson. This man talks so much junk. Who someone who does contributes the least. Okay, never mind. I'm not saying as a person. I'm not saying he's going to go As a player, he's terrible. 
I am not even going to address Draymond? that blasphemous statement. Draymond Green is good to you? I'm not going to address the blasphemy. I'm not going to address the What does Draymond the... Green do? Makes How many all player? defensive teams does that man have? Yeah, How he many? kicks somebody in the nest. I'm sure you can play defense well. Yeah. Like, what? If that's the case, Chris Paul's the best defender ever. Like, what are we doing here? Again, that man has multiple all-defensive teams while being, quote-unquote, undersized. He is a – listen, a we're dirty, not talking about Draymond. Okay. We're not talking about Draymond. Okay. We're talking about Griffin. Yeah, yeah. so find, find a new uh, comparison. Thank you. Listen, Thank no, you that's going to be the guy that I Thank stick you. with. No. Let me tell you something. No, let me you tell saw you the something. hair whip. You saw the let hair me tell you whip. No. He's a good – he is a good defender. But, again, I think oh that he brings God. a lot more offensively than Draymond is going to give you. A lot more. So, with that being said, if he can develop a handle, if he can develop some court vision, that right there with what he already has, I don't know why everybody thinks that his ceiling is so low. The boy's a bona fide stud. You should be ashamed of yourself, but it's fine. Last Duke player I want to talk about is Mark Williams, who I said all season was the probably the most draft NBA ready because of his size. And then as he got into the season, I said, well, you know, that defense definitely needs a little bit of work. Right. I think it's something that you certainly can fine tune, but going to the league was a given. Like there's nothing else he needed to do at Duke. You know, I, I think that he is a throwback, a relic of what Biggs used to be. Um, he doesn't have too much of a game outside of 10 feet offensively. Uh, even if you're talking about in close, I mean, I don't think he's the most polished post scorer uh in this draft or in recent history or memory rather. But with that being said, I think that he's still a quality guy uh, for what he does. You know, he's a I great think that, blocker. I think that he could be a lot in the, the vein of what a young DeAndre Jordan was. You know what I mean? Not that type of leaper, not that type of jumper at all. But he has the size to to kind of compensate and make up for that difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not an Andre Drummond where he's super active on the boards. He's going to get you 20 rebounds. He's not what Andre Drummond was in this prime. But I think that he is a, a good rim protector which many teams could use ask the Mavs right now um and with that being said I think that in an NBA where all the bigs are trying to stretch out and shoot threes there is an immense amount of value in having guys who can do the actual big work I mean look at the Cavs last year and how all of a sudden they were a much better team than everybody thought why because their bigs play big that's pretty much it but I also think like as much in the NBA, as much as we're talking about in this new NBA, every big needs to have a three. Like, uh, do they? Like, I'm okay with guys being fundamentally sound. I'm okay with the Tim Duncans of the world where you don't have to have the three ball. That's not in your repertoire, but you're damn excellent at, you know, all the other things, right? If you can make one hell of a bank shot, fine. Don't force the issue trying to be everything to everybody. Everybody's not Kevin Durant. Everybody's not Giannis. Like, I get it, but no, I'm good. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I again, I think that it's it's a a fault at the least to say uh, that these players need to develop three point shots. And one player that I look at when I say that trying to get a three point shot ruined this game would definitely be Serge Ibaka. Look at all that he was before he decided. Well, I think I'm going to focus in on three point shooting. Like he became an all right three point shooter, but everything else in his game drastically took a hit because he was not working on it at the same level, or at least that's what the train of thought was when people looked at the way that he played the game as he started to shoot more threes. So with that being said, again, I Mark Williams is a throwback. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all to me. 
100% agree. All right, guys, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all of our parts available for your car truck. Right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Please visit rockauto.com. So we're bringing this thing home here, talking about NBA draft 30 days away. And let's be real about it. There's some NC State guys who are probably not going back to NC State if we, you know, were to put some bet some money on it here. Talking about Jaquavion Smith and Darion Sebron. I'm feeling like after these conversations and the things that have been buzzing, you know, around the scout world, it'll be hard pressed. You'd be hard pressed to find two young men that should take their talents back to Raleigh, North Carolina. I think they're it's a done deal. I, I'll say this: I with uh, with with Darian Sebron, I get it. I'm a little bit more understanding of it. Uh, to Quavian Smith, not so much. And and let me tell you why. I, like Terquavian Smith a lot. I think he's a bona fide baller. I think he's a stud. But with that being said, I don't see the reasoning for saying, hey, um, there's to me, I think that you go to college, you decide to leave when you know there's no more money for me to make. There's no more, no more championships, no more whatever, you know, whatever the thing is that is important to you, right? Legacy, all that good stuff. Hey, if that's what matters to you, that's what matters to you. No, no shame in that. Doing it for good old state, what matters to you, that's what matters. I don't think there's a single thing that Jaquavian Smith can look at and say, there is not more of for me to get in Raleigh. If you're talking about money, if you look at what he is now, everybody's talking about, oh, he lit it up. He was one of the best shooters at the combine. He's one of the best shooters. He put up great shots. He did great things. Imagine if you put together a season with that and you show, well, on top of being this great shooter, I have a complete game. Nobody has ever questioned, nobody in Raleigh or even outside of Raleigh has ever questioned, can't Quavian Smith shoot the ball? The question is, when his shot is not falling, can he affect the game positively? If you watch the games from last year where Quavian Smith struggled from the field, it didn't just, it, it snowballed into everything. So he started with struggling from the field. Then all of a sudden he's struggling with turnovers. And all of a sudden he's struggling with fouls. And all of a sudden he's struggling with effort. To me, to come back, and I'm not saying to Quentin Smith got to come back for two, three, four more years. Just one year where you show I can affect the game positively outside of this one area. And even if this one area ain't going great, I, I will not be a net negative for my team because that one area ain't going great. I think that there's more money for him to make. But again, it's his life. If he want to make that decision to go, more power to you. I'll be cheering for you. I'll be rooting for you wherever you go. But to me, there's a lot for him to make by coming back. Well, the Jaquavion front, I feel like I'm wondering if it's a mental preparation issue where, you know, maybe one year of maturity under, you know, guidance of a coach that's really trying to make you better as a player would be beneficial for him. 
But I'm also saying to myself, is Coach Heath going to be that guy that's going to mentally, mentally prepare this man or even physically with this new coaching assistant coaching staff that they're getting going to prepare this man to get to the next level at an even greater point where he is in the top three conversation like Paolo and he there's nothing even for more for him to come back for. Like that's where I say weigh the cost and benefits because is he going to live a lonely life at what, 18, 19 years old on the road, still trying to figure himself out or probably be a two-way player? you know, in the league, or can he be the man in Raleigh? Can he be the man of the ACC the same way we kind of saw, what's my buddy's name from Wake Forest come in and really take over, Londes Williams? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's more. I agree, and I think that Tracavion needs to come back. I don't necessarily feel like I – I don't necessarily feel the same way for Darion Stevron. To me, I think Coach Keats held him up a bit. I love Keats. We all know that. I love him. I don't know if he's going to be here after next year, but I love him. Now. I think that Coach Keats, I think Coach Keats absolutely, it wasn't just Coach Keats though, but I think yeah. there are many factors this season uh, yeah. reduced both of their abilities. I mean, yeah. the fact that there was no true point guard made Darian Sebron play out of place and try to play a point guard, which he isn't. He's a yeah. slasher. He's a finisher. Yep. That's what he is. He's not a point. He's not a, a point forward. That's not, not his game. Yeah. Yeah. To Quavian Smith. We saw in the combine, he is amazing in catch and shoot. Well, here's the problem with him being amazing in catch and shoot. The only way to catch and shoot works is if you have somebody who is uh, drawing in a lot of attention and kicking it out. If you have a coach who is drawing up sets to get that player open and all of a sudden, oh man, he's having the ability to catch and shoot. If there are multiple other weapons on the team to where you have to pay attention to them. Our bigs gave precious little. Uh, they, they gave virtually nothing. The wings that were not named uh, um, Jericho Hellams or Darius Sebron gave nothing. The guards last year, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody talked about all these players transferring out of NC State. There was some addition by subtraction with a lot of these guys. (laughs) People say say Cam Hayes took a step back. No, that man took a quantum leap backwards everything that he did in his freshman year he did it worse this every single statistical category according to advanced metrics he did them worse so with that being said um i the the situation that these two were in made it look like they were worse players than they were but again terquavian i think he needs to come back darian i understand if he wants to leave he's been there long enough he's old enough to wear uh, I don't think that there's too much more money for him to get. I think if he comes back and shows a good shooting season, maybe. But he's from all reports that I'm hearing, he's gone. You know, he's the chances are slim to none, and, and Slim only got one pinky toe left in the door. Everything else is gone. Uh, Jaquavian Smith, however, there the chances are a little better, but he's been lighting it up at the combine, and everybody's in his ear, wrist, rubbing his shoulders, telling him, "Oh man, you might, you might jump into being a first rounder." You know. One of these championship level teams might get you. Don't let these people lie to you. Don't let these people lie to you. Again, after all this shakes out, I think that Keats will do some work in the portal either way. He has the 18th best portal class right now, and I think that he's not done yet. I don't think he's anywhere near done. Yeah, for sure. Well, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out because I do think that Keith has to have a big year. I think if Quavion does come back, he's going to have to have a big year. And I think the ACC isn't getting worse. You know, you think about the draft classes of UNC and Duke, and especially with that triangle, you know, rivalries that they got going on, it's going to be an interesting conversation about performance-wise from the team in red and white. So a lot to go over and to certainly to decipher. But we're wrapping up here. Want to thank Ken Gibbs for his time as always. If you can please remind these folks of where they can find you and follow your work. 
Sure thing. Wherever you're listening to this or watching this, you can find me at Locked On uh, Wolfpack. And you can find me at, on Twitter at TGIF underscore Ken. No doubt about it, guys. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We got more draft conversations. We got more baseball updates for you. And make sure that you just get everything, get excited for what the football season will bring because there's some NFL draft prospects over our quarterback classes already lit. But I think the season is going to be very interesting from Atlantic versus Coastal. Could be the last time we see it. So let's have it there for Candace Cooper and Kitten Gibbs. Until next time.